This is an AMI podcast. What? New iPads? Yep, they're here this week. So is the MetaQuest Pro. Guess what? I have one. iOS 16.1 and a new Mac OS. Yep, it's all happening this week, and we're on Double Tap the Weekend Edition. Welcome. You're listening to Double Tap, the weekend edition, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Mark Aflalo and Sean Priest. You heard it right. Stephen Scott, nowhere to be found. Once again, it's been two weeks now, Sean. What's happening? Why am I here again? Where is Stephen Scott? I don't know. I I wasn't sure the show was going to happen this week because you are, uh, as you might be able to hear from your lovely dulcet tones, fighting some kind of... Yes. Probably uh, communicable thing. disease, I guess. Yes, probably. I think it's just a cold. Everything is fine. I'm just sounding sultry. No, 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 no. Mark. Since March 2020, yeah. nothing is just a cold anymore. It must be the plague <laughs> be. of some kind of shape or form. How are you feeling? Ah, no. No, I'm feeling fine. Yeah, no, I'm feeling all right. I'm getting better and better. I'm, I'm all the better for being here with you, Mark. What do you do uh, to, to fight this cold? Do you take lots of medication? Do you eat chicken soup? Do you uh, fry some onions to... or garlic or uh, throw that around your neck? <laughs> no, I do nothing. <laughs> I just carry on as normal. I fight my way through. Smoke cigars and eat burgers. That's the way. That's the secret to a long life. And if um, I asked your partner, what would she say? He's like a man baby in bed and he's crying and he doesn't want to come out. <laughs> yes, absolutely I'm sorry. right. I won't make you laugh. I know it probably hurts the lungs I know. because you're limited Please capacity. <laughs> Can I just say in that intro there, yes. Mark, you, your welcome was very, um, it was very Halloween-y. It was very uh, Count Dracula-like. Well done. Welcome. You know, I'm, I'm practicing so that I can scare the children on Monday. Uh, depending when yeah. you're listening to this, of course. Uh, but Monday, Halloween. Uh, what, how do you celebrate Halloween in Manchester? Absolutely don't. We have nothing at all. and It's not really a big thing over here. Um, I was just saying that. It, it, it seems like it's massive in America. So how is it in Canada? Is it another big thing? Oh, it's pretty. I mean, you know, when you, especially when you have kids that are, uh, you know, 10 and 12 years old who still want to go out and trick or treat and oh. get as much candy as they can. Um, it's oh, still a pretty big thing. In my particular area, like in my like block radius, it's not crazy. But there are areas that are just within walking distance that go completely insane. Yeah, with all decorations outside and everything. Decorations, smoke, sound effects, all that fun stuff. I remember back in the day when I was working at a radio station in Montreal, our engineer, when it came time for Halloween, you could not expect him to actually get work done because he was building these <laughs> gadgets like these motion-activated smoke machines with sounds. And he'd, he'd, come, he'd pop into production studios every couple couple days going... I need the sound of a wind howling with a like just, he just he everybody everybody's mummy resource, everybody's <laughs> yes. resource was taken up just to uh, appease him uh, on Halloween. It was it was very know, entertaining. With technology today, right? You could do so many cool things with motion detectors. They're so cheap, right? To set up and smart speakers and uh, yeah, it sounds actually. I'd like to get back into it, but no, my kids are grown up. I've got no excuse. Yeah, maybe I maybe I have to do that. Maybe I gotta like throw like a Philips Hue motion detector outside and have it trigger the lights to go strobe with some sound. Yeah, I, I gotta figure some this big, out. But I feel like there's gonna be a Bluetooth big delay. Speakers. Oh, I like that. Yeah, big bass. Cool. I have a smoke machine. I use a smoke machine. Have you? What yeah. You? Oh yeah. I put it under my. We have the, we have these steps 
there's probably about 10 steps to come up to our door because it's street level. And then you got the steps and we have this like open area under the steps where we normally throw garbage and crap. I normally, so I put the smoke nice. machine under there. I bring one of the Philips Hue lights under there and make it like orange and red. And I just constantly have smoke just kind of lifting from the steps. It's kind of ah, fun. That is so cool. Yeah. And you dress up in a costume, obviously. Oh, God, no. Of course not. I've, I just, <laughs> I've just noticed as well. On the, We have an app over here next door, and I'm 100% sure you'll have something similar, which is just like a, a Facebook for the local community, basically. And I've noticed on there, there is now a trick-or-treat um, sort of map of houses that are in and houses that have opted out, you know, if there's someone who, oh. who doesn't want to take part, doesn't want to be bothered for older people, maybe, you like know, me, uh, you can opt out. I thought, yeah, that's a really good idea. Technology again, fantastic. Yeah, we have something like that, too. It's called Turn the Lights Off. Lights off, don't trick or treat. Lights <laughs> on, come do it. Like, I mean, that's pretty much the way to that's... do it. it. It doesn't require technology, no Wi-Fi connection required. Oh, yep. I'm nope. hearing something's ringing. Oh, it's That's Stephen Scott. Me. Hang on a second, guys. This okay. is he doesn't realize we're doing this, and then he calls us, and uh, and then uh, St- Stephen, Stephen, hi, you're uh, you're you're talking to Sean and Mark. How are you? Um, hi, yeah, hi, uh, hi, um, uh, <laughs> hi. Am I not on the show this week? Uh, well, well, you're on the show right now. Oh, yes, jump on. Great. Hello, hello, hello. We were just talking about trick or treating. How's your neighborhood for trick or treating? Is it pretty good? Yes, but what I do is I turn all my lights off and uh, eat all the candy. So we did, we just talked about that. We said so. So Sean was saying how he has an app called Nextdoor, and they have like an opt in, opt out for Halloween. And uh, so I said we have one too. It's called Turn the Lights Off. Yes, <laughs> and you don't need the you app. two are you don't in have sync. To download an app for it. It's brilliant. I know, no app required, no power required, nothing. It's just I got my. Anyhow, well, what can we do for you? Sean, uh, Sean can't actually hear you. I mean, Sean can hear you. You can't hear him. Anything we can do for you? Uh, no, um, but I, just just calling to say hi, and uh, I'm hoping the show is great. I'm off now to have a day off. Okay, uh, why exactly is the day off? Just out of curiosity, yeah. and we have to work? I think there's a why in the word. Oh, that must be it. Okay, bye, Stephen. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's amazing how he does that. Eh? We, we try to pretend that we have no idea where he is, and he's dead, and then he shows up on, on FaceTime. And he shows up. Yeah, interrupting no everything. Just... <sighs> That's Stephen. Rule number one, turn off the ringer. But you know what? I, I could have sworn my ringer was off. Anyhow, um, yeah, so trick or treat. I hope you guys have a wonderful Halloween and use some fun. T- you know what? If you have some some fun tech that you use for Halloween, and I see all this all over social media, people syncing lights with music and all this stuff that I would love to do, but I just can't imagine spending $20,000 for one day of the year. Um, uh, do let us know. Why? Feedback at doubletaponair.com. I'm curious to to know if you do anything special for the kitties in your neighborhood. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. So nice. Now, talking of Halloween trick-or-treats and absolute nightmares, I want to talk about your Quest Pro. Oh, already? You want to dive into already. that, do we? I want to jump into that because there's going to be uh, there's going to be some arguments here, I think, Mark, to be honest. Different sides of the, the argument because what on earth? What on earth am I going to get out of the Quest Pro? Well, I mean, have you ever used the Quest before, the Quest 2, or any of them? No, 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 Um, no, 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 because it's a purely visual thing, right? Well, I get it. Yes and no. Yes and Uh, no, because there is the audio element of it, too, and the spatial audio element of it. That mm. being said, you don't need to have a giant headset weighing down your head if you're not going to take advantage of the visual component. (laughs) I do do get that. Make your case, sir. 
Um, but let's not forget there are people with a little bit of vision. You do have a little bit of vision, although probably worse these days versus, you know, a year ago today. Um, but yes. wouldn't it have been nice a year ago to have be able to blow things wouldn't up on an even giant, nice? uh, larger display to perhaps uh, be able to see things a little better? Well, that's the point, right? Because, yeah, I, I am being a little bit devil's advocate here because, you know, the, the, the case is that lots of people have are low vision rather than no vision. Um, so can you? Can you zoom in? Like, I, I, so what is this? What is this different? What makes this pro, right? Because we had the Quest 2 headset before, yeah. which was uh, everyone loved. Right, it was a standalone. It ran on its. You'd have to connect it to a computer or anything. Well, and that's, and that's the standout feature with with these headsets, right? With with the Quest versus like the yes. HTC Vives, is that they're wireless. They could you know can have their own wireless chip, and then they connect to the wireless network. They have storage on board. You can download yep. apps and you can play Still, them. Still, it's is, for gaming. It's for gaming well, and maybe VR chat. You know the 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 Quest and the Quest Two. I would argue is for gaming. And my kids love it, and honestly, yes. they get it, they get more of a workout using that than anything else. I think what the the Quest Pro is designed for it's if you think about some of the higher end headsets that exist on the market that are not used for you know consumer use. I'm thinking the Hololens for Microsoft, for example, that is you know three thousand dollar piece of hardware that's used yes. primarily in medical, in mechanical, in architecture. Um, because it's a mixed reality headset. You see through it, you see the environment around you, and it, it projects things onto that environment. This is similar to that, except they are designing this at a more small business slash consumer market. And and they're doing that in a couple ways. Number one, the price point. The price point being around $1,500 US. It does you know come in at about $2,200 Canadian. Um, and Ooh. that's number that's number one. So the price point is a little bit more affordable in comparison to some of the other pro headsets out there. Um, you can game on it like any of the other quests, um, but the design of it is very different. It doesn't have a strap on the top of your head that holds it down. It doesn't have a strap on the back. It has a nice hard plastic design on the sides, and it kind of sits, you know, it kind of rests on the top of your forehead on the front but not right. completely open. So it sits on your ha head like a hat, and it's actually quite well-balanced because the battery components are on the back of the device, so the balance yes. is not bad, and it doesn't feel... Here's the thing. When I use the Quest or the Quest 2, you get tired after a while wearing it. It is front-heavy. It is definitely something yeah. that's weighing down. You know, you, you take it off your face, you got red marks. This one isn't sitting on your face to create that darkness, that really tight seal, because it's not really meant for that kind of immersive, you know, enjoyment. You can use it. Mm -hmm. It comes with blinders. Literally, they look like horse blinders that just magnetically. That's a hate crime. Ableism. Yeah. They, they literally <laughs> they make magnetically stick onto the sides, and they do give you that immersive feel. But this is actually designed to sit a little bit further away from your eyes, um, and. You know, the first thing I did was I had seen a video of Marquez Brownlee, MKBHD, um, demonstrating Horizon Workrooms. And this is yes. the meta version or Facebook's version of meeting up with people and being able to see the avatars and have conversations. But the thing I really wanted to test was the ability to project my computer's display in front of me in augmented reality. And uh, I must tell you, it was quite impressive <laughs> To be able to, really? yeah, yeah, it worked almost immediately. The second you set up the headset, it was as long as it's on the same Wi-Fi network, you run this little app on your Windows or your Mac computer, 
it connects and it shows you your desktop right in front of you and then gives you the ability to add two more desktops to the left and or right to get what look like there are three screens in front of you with everything on the desktop. And I've okay. act, like literally, so I'm using my mouse, I'm using my keyboard. And not only that, when you look down at your keyboard or your mouse, you see your keyboard, although a little bit kind of, they try to cartoonize, cartoonify it, I guess, a little bit. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you're not actually seeing through this headset, you're seeing through the cameras of the headset. So it's not the mm. the clearest kind of see through like the Hololens might be, but what yeah. what what did amaze me was you see your hand, your like digital hand moving, but they connect your real hand to this cartoon hand, so it looks like, like you're wearing a prosthetic hand that's your actual real <laughs> hand moving. It's creepy. It's so odd. Yeah, it is yes. odd and creepy, but um, but the ability and and you know thinking to the future really it's not even about today. The first thing I did was I opened up a video editing program. I'm like, okay, let me let me open Premiere. Let me put yeah. on this virtual screen on the left, I'm going to put Premiere. On the middle screen, I'm going to put my my window where I can see what's going on. And on the right window, I'm going to put a script. And uh, I must tell you to be able to do this off of one computer, a portable computer, for example, whether it be like a Surface or even just like your MacBook or whatever, I can imagine the use cases for this when I'm traveling. I can imagine the use cases for this when I'm just sitting in bed and I want to get some work done. Um, if this gets to the point where I can literally just have a keyboard in front of me and a computer is wherever, it doesn't matter where it is, and I can pop this headset on and get some work done for an hour, that's pretty cool. The ability to, you know, interact with people and and to get that kind of point of view, I, I'm not there yet. Like, I'm just right. not, I'm not 100% sure of how that's going to work. I need to have a, a meeting with some people in VR. Maybe I'll call our good friend Chris Matthew up and, and see if he maybe has something that we You'll can do to. with. But it, it's interesting. It's definitely it, there is definitely promise, and this holy grail of a of a headset that is or glasses that just have this kind of technology built into it. If this is what it's going to look like, even at its infancy, it's going to be damn successful. I'll tell you that for people who can can take advantage Wait. of it. Well, okay, Look, I'll give you that because you did sound so excited when you, you told me you got your hands on this. But there's a couple of things. Firstly, I think you, you mentioned, you know, if we could do this in glasses. I think that's that's one thing. I still think the headset is too too big. It's too unwieldy. I, I think people are going to, I don't know. I think it, it's a detraction. Definitely, if you can make this tech smaller, then this would take off more. But more than that, because they've been... I, I totally get, hey, you could have three large monitors in front of you. You can do all your work. You know, it sounds great on a plane. Sounds fantastic. But is it actually practical? Because they've been saying that for years, especially with the HoloLens, uh, with Microsoft doing that sort of thing, putting screens on the walls. But you couldn't actually read the text off it from what I heard. The resolution wasn't that great or it was fuzzy and blurry. Can you actually do any work? Have you actually tried to edit a video with this and read the script? I did. I could actually, okay. I, and I could read the script. And they have new visual technology here. There's what they call a pancake lens, where I think it's various layers that kind of bounce light off each other to make it more clear. Or you know, so it does. The clarity is definitely it's definitely there. Um, could it be better? I'm sure it could be better. But from my minimal experience, because I literally got it yesterday, I unboxed it, and that's the first thing I did. I was able yeah. to edit video. I was able to read a script. I was able to use my computer and, and see the labels of things that were on the screen. Um, the only the only thing that I find, the only downside 
um, was latency. You know, was the time yes. when I hit spacebar to hit playback or listen to the audio. Um, I found that it was it was not that great, but I was projecting the audio through the headset itself. So maybe if I had earbuds connected to the computer, mm. that would be different. I don't know. There's a lot of things I got to test here, and I, I'm curious. And this gives me some ideas on things to test. Um, but sending the display through a little app on your on your Windows PC, right, or Mac or whatever it may be. Um, there's going to be latency there because it's sending that through Wi-Fi. The the the, the curse of um, you know standalone headsets is that it uses Wi-Fi, and that's also the the beauty of them. That yeah. You're not, you're not connected, but then you get that latency. And if you try and do some editing, video or audio on there, and you've got a two-second delay but while you try and mark a space, a position, it's not going to work. No, no. I mean, it wasn't two seconds. It was probably about a half a second. It's Yeah, it's enough. Which is still enough to, to kind of throw you off. So there's definitely, listen, there's definitely work to be done. What excites me about this is the, you, you know what? I find that we we don't get these unveils anymore or these surprises anymore by technology we're not we're not you know those steve jobs moments on stage where he unveils something that we just did not see coming or there was so much excitement for that we're so happy it's here those moments don't happen anymore because of social media and because of leaks and because of all that stuff so to see new technology to see potential for the future and be able to hold it in my hands that's what excites me about it. It's the potential. It's the way it gets the mind working. And yeah. I don't think this is going to be a big seller for them. I don't think they're going to be selling. Maybe they'll sell like a million units. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but I think I it's think really, so. I think it's the potential there. I think it's what developers might be able to come up with as a result of it. I think it's your geek love. I think that's what it is. I'll be totally honest with you. I'm sort yeah. of kicking myself that I've. My eyes aren't good enough now that virtual reality is kind of here. I've been waiting since Lawnmower Man in the 80s to use uh, some decent virtual reality, and now I can't. I'm kind of uh, angry about that. But, um, yeah, we'll wait and see. But for for us, honestly, I don't think... um, I've really struggled to find... I know accessibility is being thought about with virtual reality, but you know what? Give me a pair of headphones and give me Alt-Tab or Command-Tab to switch between apps. And I'm virtually in the same position, right? Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, that you, you make an excellent point. And then really, you know, all the conversations we've had with Chris Matthew and other people about this is that really the, the, the accessibility of virtual reality is in the audio. It's in, you know, yeah. the things that's existed for the past, you know, our entire lifetime. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's taking it, it's how to take that audio to a new level. I mean, you know, with a good pair of headphones that give you, give you that field of sound and give you that ability to, to immerse yourself, you know, people yeah. still aren't taking advantage of that today. I don't find. I'm more interested in the uh, the actual camera. Like, so you, this has got a camera system that shows you the outside world, right? Yeah. So if now, I if I describe that, let me grab the headset here for a second. So there's okay. there's a bunch of cameras on this thing. There's so there's one for I guess each eye on the front. There's one in the middle. It might be a camera. I'm not sure if it's a camera or a sensor. Um, there are cameras on either side of it as well, on the right and left side. And that seems wow. to be it where, I mean, there's also, there is eye tracking technology and on board as well. There's cameras inside as well. Yes, yeah, so there, there are cameras with some kind of sensors inside. Um, and there is eye tracking. Uh, there is, you set that up from the start. You actually, get, you, it makes you follow this little dot on the screen. 
Um, it is impressive. It is quite impressive, the quality of the image that you do see, especially in comparison. Uh, plus, the headset design itself is quite comfortable and quite nice. I mean, it's still heavy. Yeah. I mean, this device is probably about three and a half, four pounds. You know, that's not, right. not what we expect to keep on our head for a long period of time, no. let alone the fact that battery life's only about two hours on this when you actually keep it there. I'm, I'm just thinking use cases like, you know, we've got products out there like, um, is it called eSight, the eSight headset, which uses, you know, cameras and a, the, the same sort of technology to magnify you know, the real world around you or maybe uh, adjust the contrast to things. I mean, if you could use that sort of accessibility features on something like this at this cost, because I, I believe the eSight and other things like that are, you know, much more expensive than that. I think last price was 5000 maybe $3,000. I, I don't know. But maybe, you know, if you could use something like this, which has the same technology in it, just requires the software, then there's a possible use case for us. Yeah, I mean, this is why this is why it kind of excites me to see what people are going to do with it, what developers are going to take away with yes. it, and, and actually do with it. Which is uh, which is what always intrigues me about technology in general. It's when someone does come up with something new, some kind of software, some kind of you know whether it's an operating system or some kind of thing like Swift Playgrounds, or it's to see what developers will think of, and then to get annoyed because I didn't think of it first and try to come up with it myself. <laughs> well done. We're always annoyed. <laughs> Um, so these, you know, I mean, these are arriving in everybody's hands over the past couple of days. So uh, you'll see a lot of stuff online. We'll see a lot of YouTube videos and people. I mean, even the Verge on their front page of the website said, "We got MetaQuest Pro here. We'll get back to you in a week or so." You know, we need to we need yeah, to really put yeah. this to the test. I don't think anybody got their hands on it uh, any earlier than uh, than anybody else. But I think we'll see a lot of stuff out there, which is kind of interesting. Um, but you did, Mark. You I did. did. Oh, that's that's impressive. Well done. That's because I hit purchase while the keynote was going on. They allowed you uh, to actually hit buy. <laughs> I think other people are getting it like next week or something like that. Whatever. It's all good. It's all good, Mr. Priest. Um, good. Question for you before we take a break. Um, would you pay less for Netflix if there are ads? Do you know what? I don't think I would. I think I've been trained now to pay whatever they're asking for. I don't think I could go back to ads. So I had this conversation earlier this week with Dave Brown uh, on Now with Dave Brown, and he was leaning towards the savings, the cost savings and the ads. And I said, you know, I, I, I would lean that way if it was a big deal, but I'm so used to paying the price now. That yep. being said, you know, what is my tolerance for ads? <laughs> I don't think I have a tolerance anymore. Like, I don't think like when I watch local tv here on demand they normally run a couple ads and and, the, and the, i think there's a difference here too there's, there's a difference definitely when you talk about the type of programming because there are still shows yes that are designed for live television right that are designed yep. for commercial breaks so they they write them that way they produce them that way so there's a natural point where you put in a commercial for 30 seconds and it's not going to bother me right but the mm -hmm. new shows the prime shows, the Netflix shows that are not designed for commercial breaks. If you're going to suddenly interrupt that momentum, then I think you're affecting the flow of the content. That is a really good point. That I didn't even think about because there's some YouTube videos that I watch and they almost try, they know ads coming up around about there and they try and aim for it, but it never quite works. Or sometimes you just, you know, like on Facebook, the ads where it's just boom, yeah, break just into in the middle whatever of you're watching. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I watch some shows like CBS shows like NCIS and some other shows that are still produced for live television. So there's still going to be five or six commercial breaks. And when I watch them on demand, I mean, the, the most annoying thing for me isn't really the commercials. 
as much as the the repetition of the same commercial <laughs> sometimes yeah 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 well like, that's kind of the point now isn't it They're sort of drilling it into your head but sometimes it's just a promo it's not even a commercial you could tell that they all put in the spot yeah. there because they have to fill the time but they don't have any paid advertising there yes so like now yeah. you're just interrupting me with the same commercial for the same tv show that's really just annoying me it, it comes down to the price. If it's a big saving, then yes, look, the cost of living, everything's going up, and I, I'm looking for it, you know, cuts to be made monthly on my monthly subscriptions. But if it's a case of a dollar or two dollars just to, yeah, I don't think it's enough. Now, if you're talking about YouTube, YouTube Premium, they recently, you know, the price has gone up, what, seven, eight dollars in America. It's it's ridiculous for YouTube Premium. And for that, I'll put up with the ads. I'll wait for that skip ad button every time because I'm not paying $22 a month uh, in order to watch YouTube without adverts. Uh, for me, there's it's all about the price. Well, and, that, and that's the funny thing is because YouTube, I think we're trained to see the adverts, right? We're trained to see them, so we're just used to it. Why would I pay money to just get exactly. anything different? Whereas Netflix, I think that they've gone so long without them. So the yeah. concept of, of putting them in, if it's just a pre-roll for 30 seconds at the beginning of a show yeah. or at the end, I don't know. I might be more tolerant of it. Amazon Prime Video do that. I mean, it's always promos for their own shows, but I, I'm paying for that service. <clears throat> Excuse me. And yet every time I want to watch something, well, not every time, but most of the time I want to watch a, a show, it gives me a, a 10-second promo for one of their other shows. Yeah, so they're already programming you to experience that. So yeah. what's the difference if it's a Coke commercial or it's a... An advert exactly. for for their own show. So right now, Netflix costs they say ranging from nine ninety nine in Canada to twenty dollars and ninety nine cents. I didn't even realize wow. that. To be perfectly honest, that's 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 pretty expensive. Like combined, uh, yeah. I'm probably paying what I used to pay for cable. Yeah, it's true. It is true. I don't even notice what I'm paying for a Netflix anymore because just I did you know think about I, I don't watch it that often. I'll be honest with you. But you know what? The rest of the family do, and I couldn't cancel it. So, <laughs> so what's your streaming provider of, of choice? Like, what do you watch more content on? I'll be honest with you. Most of the things that I watch is on YouTube or maybe Facebook video. When it comes down to actually watching TV shows and movies, I don't actually watch a, a lot. I, I, I'm not into it. Um, and funnily enough, nor are most of my family. Uh, it, it's my partner that, that loves Netflix. She watches everything that's in the trending. Um, it seems like ladies and um, uh, true crime, you know, they, they love the Netflix because that's all she watches, serial killers and psychopaths. Um, there's a, there's something going on in the world about that. I don't know what it is or why it is, but there's definitely something going on about that. But you know what? Let's, let's pick up the conversation in a second. We'll take a quick break. I am Marco Flalo sitting in with Sean Priest, Stephen Scott. Well, we, he called us at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Don't know where yeah, he is nothing now. Nothing wrong with him. Yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with him. Nothing wrong. Why, are you worried yeah. that I'm going to say he's dead again? Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. Do I won't do that. I promise. I'll be back in a second. Send us your feedback to feedback at ami.ca. Leave us a voicemail at one 803 4567 You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Marco Flalo sitting in the hosting chair for uh, Stephen Scott. Sean Priest with you. Actually, you know what? Stephen and I are normally together on the weekend edition, so really you're sitting in the seat for Stephen this week. 
I am. Yeah, that's right. Let's get it correct. Well yeah, done. I mean, okay, well, I don't have a liner for that, unfortunately, and I don't have the production for that. And you know what I forgot oh. earlier when you, you – I had this whole lead-up to the fact that I bought the uh, the MetaQuest uh, Pro. Sorry. I was gonna. Sorry. I was going to hit this button. What smart bought this week? Oh, you oh, see, I ruined it. that opportunity right there. But, no, no, uh, I ruined it, Mark. No, I jumped in feet first. I am so sorry. You, you can play it again if you like. No, no, I, this is an opportunity to use this one here. What would Sean want to buy this week? <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, what would you want to buy this week? <laughs> wow, that's throwing me under the bus. I have absolutely no idea. I tell you what, I did buy this week. Oh, you bought something? And it's absolutely in my price bracket. And that is, I bought a uh, Echo Flex. I mean, I am cutting edge. I am bleeding edge technology. When did the Echo Flex smart plug speakery thing come out? Um, so ten years ago? I don't know. No, you know what? It's not ten years ago. It's probably about two. Um, oh, I have like a years. bunch of them. I've got a bunch of a them. Bunch. You, you know, they have accessories for these things too, right? Well, yeah, you they say have a light, that. a light I mean, like a like a nightlight accessory that a plugs night into the light bottom. and a motion sensor. And a motion that sensor. That is it. Um, I've I mean, never used the actual accessories. Have you? Did you buy a kit that came with one of them, or no? No, no. I actually bought a smart plug because that's what I'm uh, Sean of the Shed uh, on YouTube or yeah. audio podcast. Check it out. Sean Great of the show. Shed. I'm I'm going to do. Thank you very much. I'm going to do uh, a smart plug, and I decided to do the Amazon one. So I bought that, and it actually, you know, for extra two dollars or something, you can get a flex with it. Why not? I've never had one before. Um, really strange device, right? I mean, I don't quite get it. So you just plug I it into your totally. Your, yeah, I, okay. tot- I totally get it. So this device is number one. It looks like a smart plug. Really, it does. It's about the double yes. the height of a smart plug. So it will cover both sockets depending on how you plug it in. It's got a microphone and a speaker on board. Not a good microphone. Not a good speaker. Um, it's got an actual three point five millimeter jack on the side. So if you want to mm-hmm. plug it into an external speaker, you can do that. So this was originally, I think, designed for people who did have existing stereo systems or things they wanted to add echo features to or to fill in the gap in certain rooms that you may want to have. I don't know, like, for example, in my den, I don't have a speaker, but I do in my kitchen and it kind of hears me, but it doesn't. So I put one in the plug, just kind of hidden in the plug in the the wall. And that way it does hear me and I can kind of issue my commands. The the most useful place I have found for the Echo Flex is the bathroom. Now, why? Okay, okay. I know yes. lots of questions now. Okay, but when we redid our master bathroom, so like the ensuite bathroom, we uh, took two rooms and we combined them into one, and I got a smart toilet. Yes. Okay. okay. I'm just going to leave that there. Yeah. Thank yep. you. I appreciate that. Um, and so I had a plug installed behind, wow, this sounds ridiculous, a plug installed <laughs> behind the toilet um, so that I could plug in the toilet. Wow, this sounds, this is crazy. You've um, got to plug it in. Yeah, I do. Literally have to, I plug do have to, it in. I do have to plug the toilet in. Uh, it has a, remote, a wireless remote so that you can control certain features like flushing the light, the heated seat, the bidet feature, lots of fun features in this. Um, funny, funny fact, when you open the tank at the back, it's all just electronics. It's not even water because it's, it's actually very eco-friendly. Anyhow. So, um, that being said, I also installed a smart shower system. Okay. And the way, oh, yeah. the way the smart shower system is, this one is called you by Moen and Moen makes a lot of really great faucets and showers. So you have got your shower head. So I've got like my little rain shower head. I've got the little handle 
called the telephone, little handle so you can wash yourself. And that instead mm-hmm. of instead of the plumbing going to a mixer that's in the wall that controls where the water flows, it actually goes down to a central control unit. Okay? And the control unit is under my sink and it has an output for the shower head, it's got an output for the shower handle, and then it's got the input for the hot and the cold water. Okay? So it controls the mixing of the temperatures and the flow yes. of the water to the different places. That device itself also needs to be plugged in, so I had to plug that in, and that has a battery like, pack as a battery backup. Tool. Hang on, this is the, you. Uh, I'm getting there's a benefit. There, right, okay. there is a benefit All here, right. okay, and you're going to realize what this benefit is. Now, in the shower itself, instead of having a mixer, it's a control panel. It's a it's a rectangular control panel with a LCD display on the left side and a couple buttons, and I can control this. It's HomeKit controllable, so I can control it with my phone. I add it to HomeKit, and I can control it with my Amazon Echo. And nice. I can say things like, hey, lady, turn on the shower, preset one, preset two. We have different presets for different people in the house. The preset controls which of the water, you know, the, whether it's the rain shower or the handle turns on. It controls okay, my cool. favorite temperature. And not only that, but it keeps it at that temperature the whole time. So I don't have to worry about, oh, it's getting cold. I need to add more hot water to make it more comfortable Well, if someone to flushes the toilet. Exactly. It, 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 it takes care of all that stuff. So it doesn't have to, and I, so uh, in order to have that in the bathroom, and I didn't want to put a camera or, you know, an Echo Show or something in there. So I put the Echo Flex in there for $34. I mean, it's the perfect bathroom Echo device. You know what? I'm going to give you that one. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Well done. I take it all back. Do you use it for anything? (laughs) No, no, I just wanted to take a look at it. I was interested in, uh, because I know when they did uh, showcase it, it was like, you know, oh, it's got, so it does have the headphone jack on the right-hand side, and it also has a USB socket or USB port on the bottom where you plug in these accessories. And I thought, I wonder if anyone's actually, you know, uh, took uh, advantage of any other accessories in there. And as far as I can tell, absolutely not. There is just a nightlight and a motion sensor. Um, So I'm just using it to play around, you know, I just, bought it because it was a bit of an offer but i i actually um i quite like it i thought the microphone was really impressive i plugged it in uh in the living room and it hears me sometimes better than my studio speakers yeah, sure. so uh yeah it's not for listening for music right it is no, for no, specific no, no. things but it's yeah, good for alarms actually, timers like alarms timers um intercom when you use that around the house it's good for hallways yeah and you can drop in on it right that's another thing because a lot yeah, of these, yeah, of i course. remember i I, I well, I bought the uh, Amazon input. Was it input? That was a little disc which um, you, you just you connect to external speakers, um, and you couldn't drop in on that. It, it was like one of those, you know, a lot of the um, late. It was just play out. There was no devices. microphone on that, right? It was just a thing for playing out. It was exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, that was really disappointing. Surprising how often I actually rely on the drop in. It's such a great feature. I should do um, that more. Yeah, the flex, <laughs> the flex does have it. <laughs> yeah. Do you have do you have echoes in all your kids' rooms and stuff like that everywhere in the house? Uh, no, the kids the kids don't couldn't care less. They 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 won't have them. But I've got well now I've got three in in uh, in the bedroom. I've got um I've got three in the bedroom students. in one room. Yeah, well, I've just put the flex in there as well, actually. Um, so I've just moved it. So yes, I've got three. But I've got. A st- <sighs> Because I've got so many of them, I'm just starting to um, stereo pair them up, you know? Okay. Um, okay. But I, I, I'm interested because I am getting a smart speaker, uh, not smart speaker, a smart meter 
installed. So I'm going to start to see just how much power all these smart speakers draw. I know it's not a lot, but um, I may actually start removing some of them now. Yeah, because they draw. We talked about this last week, right? Because they draw power even when you don't realize they're drawing power. Just even. Well, they do. Yeah, it's yeah. like two to five watts. If it's playing music at a certain volume, it may be five watts. So it's it's nothing, you know, twelve dollars a year or something. But um, yeah, the trouble is, I I just keep every time they're on sale for like you know nineteen dollars or something. It's like, oh, I love that. But what am I going to do with it? I've got at least three in every room. I've got Google Nests as well. It's, it's oh my god! So you're mixing and matching. You're not even on one ecosystem, are you? Well, I love the Echoes, but uh, my partner loves the Google Home. I think she just does it just to, you know, because it's just not what I want you to yeah, use. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So got one downstairs, which is on my Google account, one upstairs, which is on hers and can't control the central heating. So, yeah, she um, she just likes to annoy me. Well, That's she, what marriage is. Clearly, she's doing a very good job at this. <laughs> um, you know, this week they released, they finally released Mac OS Ventura which is the new version of the operating system for the Mac and also iOS 16.1. And I want to talk about it for the iPad for a second because they this the the bang the, the big feature here is, is stage manager, which is this new way to multitask, I guess, on your Mac computer. It stacks apps. Let's say you have Google Chrome open and Outlook open and three things open, then you switch to another app. It'll it'll take the group of apps and kind of throw them into the side, into this weird-looking kind of taskbar on the left side of your screen. You can reposition that, by the way. Oh, um, I'm not selling it, Mark. No, Don't I'm not. I'm price. not selling it because I because I my my first experience with it was I would click on the stack of apps and it wouldn't open them. So I kept opening things and it would open them into the stacks instead of back onto my screen, and I couldn't figure it out. Oh. And then I realized that I just I, I needed to give the computer a good swift kick. Um, and a reboot, and it, it started working fine. And of course, so I, I didn't get it, or really, I don't necessarily see the real point of it right off the bat. I think it might be something that makes sense if you're a really big multitasker, like if you're doing a lot of different things at the same time, and you're used to, I don't know, like right now I have an audio editing program open, I've got Chrome open, I've got a Word document open, and all this stuff at the same time. If I wanted to easily quick switch to okay i need to edit a video and i need my script and all that and i had that stacked together i guess i could see the use case of that but but mac os and even windows now has different desktops that you can do the same thing with yeah absolutely so now from your point of view have you tried it number one and number two do you do you find a use for it no my mac is um is not able to run anything oh i can't remember it's the 2012 so i cannot install venture on mine but I, I i we talked about it steven talked about it and he's he's tried it out and honestly he can't find a use you know from a voiceover point of view there just isn't a use case because i'm interested is this purely if you use a keyboard shortcut to switch between apps do you use that at all mark can you use that is that just a voiceover screen reader thing or is there a system command that you know, command tab. Does that switch apps if you're not using voiceover? Yeah, it you does. Know? I use it all the time. I use it. I mean, this, use it all the time. And this goes so exactly. back. And this goes back to my Windows days. It's 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 because I got used to it in Windows switching between yes. programs. I, I mean, I still do that today. It brings up the little launcher in the middle of the screen, and I can hit, hit tab until I pick the app I want to go find to. Find what you want. Yeah, because yeah. I find, especially when I have 
a lot of stuff on the screen and I'm trying to find a window that's open that I know that's open, I'll command, I'll command tab till I can find it. And it, it works on a PC, it works on a, on, on a Windows machine, it works on a Mac. So yeah, I don't I don't necessarily get it, and I and I'm hesitant to even install Ventura on my on my main Mac Pro because I, I gotta tell you, I uh, I recently updated automatically it updated the Adobe Suite Premiere Photoshop Illustrator, and yep. wow, are there bugs in there? Wow, are there bugs, especially in Premiere? When I was rendering stuff out, I was delivering stuff, and I I lost two whole days. Um, oh, just backtracking why? on stuff because it wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. So, uh, hang work, on, hang working on, on that, that. Just, was that just the update to Adobe or was that the update to Mac OS? That was the update to Adobe. So that got me really scared about hitting the update button to Mac OS on, on this computer. Um, mm-hmm. because there are things that you just don't realize work or don't work. And unless you, you know, really dig deep into what beta testers are, are finding, or, you know, are a beta tester yourself, you're never going to really know how it's going to affect all your software unless you go through yeah. every piece of software and check their websites and find out what the compatibility issues are, which is something I honestly, depending on what you use, I highly Just recommend. never update. Never update. Oh, God. But then, then, your, then, you're, your... then you're vulnerable because there's a lot of security fixes that are implemented in a lot of these updates. Um, and, and this yeah. is the world we live in, you know, incremental updates, not really, you know, not these big giant updates every year. Um, even yeah. this giant, you know, Ventura update, which is a big, I guess, operating system update, but it, there's not much, not much to it there. Well, they redesigned the system preferences, didn't they? They've changed that around. Yeah, um, they, I but, mean, I think they do stuff for the sake of doing it sometimes. Well, yeah, maybe. I, I just, for for the case of Stage Manager, I honestly don't see the point of it, other than, uh, you know, for those people that don't know the, the keyboard shortcut is there, because it's just so much quicker. Maybe you're right. Maybe for power users that have, uh, I don't know, a thousand, uh, no, 200 different apps open, and, you know, command tabbing through that could be a chore. Maybe this is better, but honestly, I don't see it as a big feature, not at all. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe on the iPad, maybe on the iPad it has more of a use because your screen real estate's a little bit more limited. People aren't using them with multiple displays. People are trying to yeah. use it more of a work device. Maybe actually, there's more of a use point. case there. Yeah, I think you're actually, yeah, you're right there. I think that's probably what is more driven at. And this is, so iPad OS 16 came out, 16.1, 16.1 came out. 16.1, yeah, um, for the iPad. My, my Again, Sarah, my partner, she's making a lot of appearances here. She recently bought the ninth gen entry-level iPad, the iPad ninth gen. Um, and I said, as soon as she got it, I said, oh, you want to update to iPad OS 16? And she said, oh, no, it's not there. It says I'm on the latest one, 15.3 or whatever it was. So no, 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 Six, iOS 16 has been out for ages. I didn't even realize that they didn't release iPad OS 16. Um, and it, it's, I think this is the first first release for iPad, isn't it? Um, it is. It is. Actually, they released it, and it's. Uh, I think they're at 16.1 now. Are yeah. they? Yeah, 16.1, 16.1 is yeah. the release version of it. And, yeah, they normally when, you know, come September, when there's new iPhones, they tend to release iOS 16 kind of simultaneously. But because Stage Manager was the, the focus on this iPad release, they did delay it, and they delayed it and waited till they unveiled the new iPads, um, which were yes. are available yes. this week. It's yes. funny because they released the new entry-level iPad, and they also released the new uh, iPad Pros. And funny enough, I think the most excitement is about this new entry-level iPad because because of the changes to things like where the camera is, to the quality of yep. the camera, um, but the price point is higher. $150, right? Yeah, that's, that's, 
And that's tough because a lot of people buy these things for kids and for education. And I find that, you know, $150 per device when you're buying, you know, dozens of these for a school, that's a lot of money. It is. I agree. But then the ninth gen version is still available at that original price of 300 and I can't remember what it is now, $349 or something. Um, so you do have the option to go, you know, just, we're, we're calling this entry level. And the argument is, well, if the ninth gen is still there and it's $150 cheaper, then surely that is the entry level. Yeah. All we're looking at here is a, a, a redesign. You've lost the home button. We've got USB-C. It's a very nice refreshed design and it fits in with the rest of the, uh, you know, the lineup now, the iPad lineup. But you've got to pay for that. And $150. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's still, I think it's quite... Um, I was almost going to say it's a reasonable price, but I think, again, I've been trained to think that because iPads have always been uh, over here. It's like starting at 500, uh, 500 pounds. Um, and that's just what you pay from, as I said, from the iPad one way back when. So I, when I hear $500, I kind of think, eh, that sounds about right for an iPad. Well, because we're trained that way. I mean, inflation, right? This is what we're come to expect. I mean, in yeah. Canada now, if you want the entry level, it's five ninety nine. Five ninety nine, so it's six hundred dollars. Um, yeah. you know that I don't know, and you're not getting compatibility with the second generation pencil, and yeah, they've moved That's the ridiculous. camera. You got a larger bezel on the screen than the iPad Pros. I don't know. I find it. I find it a challenge. But as you said, the the real entry level, really, at the end of the day, um, is still around, right? The iPad Air, yeah, the, as they call it, is yeah. still around, and that one, the price point is still, you know, somewhat reasonable. Um, at well, how know, much is the mini? Well, the mini, yeah, that's you know, you make a good point because the mini is still there. Um, and the mini, if yep. you, I'm just going to the website now, I, I think that's it. more expensive than the 10th gen entry level, isn't it? It is, it's 679. 679. Wow, that's some um, that's a hard sell. That's really strange. Okay. 64 gigs, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's meant to be very. Have you got the mini? It's meant to be. I do have the nice. mini. I love the mini. It's actually quite. It's a. It's a perfect media consumption device. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm totally definitely not working on it. I may be, you know, swifting through emails and answering stuff pretty quickly. But it's just the perfect kind of just bathroom kind of reader. I would say. So hang on. Let's let's go through the lineup here for a second because uh, I think I, I caught myself by surprise here. So the iPad, <laughs> just regular iPad. If we go to the. Uh, the, so the the one with the home button still exists, the ninth generation at four forty nine. Then we've okay. got five ninety nine for the tenth generation, which is basically just the the ninth generation in a new package. Yeah. Then we've got price wise. Then we've got the mini at six ninety nine, six seventy nine. Sorry. Okay. Then we've got the iPad Pro starting at. Ten ninety nine Canadian. Oh, okay. We're, we're reaching iPhone pricing here almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're actually reaching. We're we're surpassing Mac Mini pricing right now. That's true. If you think about it, so for the price yep. of a Mac Mini, a full fledged computer that yep. has a fan and cooling and ports and everything you could possibly need, especially with that M one chip or that M two chip. You you're you're buying an 11 inch iPad that's basically a screen with a computer behind it, but they limit what you can do on it because because they can. Well, that's the point, though, isn't it? I mean, it, it depends. We're going listen to this price, but the point is, what do I want a tablet for? 
what am I going to use one of these for until we get Mac OS? We talked about this. Uh, I mean, Stephen talked about this, I think, on Thursday. It's, it's what, when Mac OS becomes available on this, this is actually a you know, laptop replacement. But until, until then, what are you using a tablet for? I still, we're watching Netflix or whatever, right? I think, yeah. I mean, I think in the in most cases, that's what people are using it for. It's just media consumption. But I think there are people, you know, funny enough, I had a conversation with someone a couple of weeks ago and we had met two years ago. I was doing uh, some, some work for them and we were talking about the iPad because I happened to have it there, my iPad there with the, the keyboard case. And he's like, that's interesting. And he, he switched solely to an iPad for personal use. So personal email, Word document creation and stuff like that. And oh, right. the thing the thing that sold him was he was traveling and his laptop, his his work laptop died and all he had was his iPad and he was away for ten days. So he was forced to use mm. the iPad to replace his computer. And I think like most devices, just like even switching to an iPhone, for example, from a Blackberry or switching to Android from an iPhone or vice versa, when you're forced into a situation and you have no other choice, you get used to that pretty quickly and you train yourself yeah. pretty quickly on how to adapt to use that. And I don't know, I kind of wish I could get that to that point with my iPad. Yeah, but the use case he's, he's citing there of, you know, doing your emails in a Word document is something you could do on anything, on any device, on your iPhone, on your Android phone, on whatever. Um, but when we're talking about, you know, actually replacing a laptop to do video editing in your case or whatever it may be, more... Uh, intensive workloads, then can you really do that in just... Um, I don't believe so. If you're just basically doing quick recording and quick editing, you can do that with programs like Twisted Wave. Um, if you're doing full-fledged video editing, there are programs out there. There's DaVinci Resolve is coming out for the iPad Pro. Um, yeah, there's yeah, 3D true. modeling coming out for the iPad Pro. You know, Photoshop's available for the iPad Pro. Illustrator's available for the iPad Pro or even just the iPad and and you know what? These programs don't flinch. So I think really at the end of the day, we're limited by the developer. And I, I, I find it so funny, so funny that a program like DaVinci Resolve, which um, is a very popular color grading program, very popular video editing program, is available full-fledged on the iPad before Apple even releases Final Cut, their own first-party software, to the yeah. point that they're advertising DaVinci Resolve for it. Exactly. I think we touched on that last week. It just it, It's baffling, right? Absolutely baffling. Blows my mind. Um, other things I wanted to bring up this week in the, in the, in the literal three minutes that we have left in the show. <laughs> <gasps> wow. Um, okay. You wanted, uh, there's some features in uh, uh, bug fixes, accessibility bugs that were resolved in Ventura. Um, tell me if you actually oh, encountered any of these in the first place. Uh, VoiceOver now correctly speaks text when using the say all command. Hang on, hang on. Are we talking about Ventura or Ventura, iOS here? Ventura, Ventura, Mac OS Ventura. Yes. Um, uh, yes, obviously, I can't run Ventura, so I haven't experienced any of the problems. You're supposed, but to, pretend, you're supposed to pretend, Sean, that you no, know. No, no, yeah, but I've already said I can't run it, so I can't pretend. But what I will say is that I did notice there was quite a few in that list. So, yes, please carry on. Uh, security and privacy preferences pane no longer crashes when attempting to view analytics and improvement settings. Voice, That's handy. VoiceOver no longer is slow when navigating the speech menu. When nuanced voices are in use, well, that's pretty handy, too. Uh, you'd like the responsive. Uh, voiceover speech no longer pauses for unnatural length at a time when <laughs> viewing menus or switching apps. I love that. Unnatural length. 
when changing the voiceover voice used in the speech menus, voice names are once again spoken by the respective voices as opposed to the voice that you were on. That's pretty handy. Um, there's no longer a non-purposeful spacer, dimmed button, and password preferences. Why? It's once again possible to navigate the music sidebar table with the arrow keys, and now it's once again possible to navigate the Safari sidebar table with the arrow keys. Of course, the list of new bugs <laughs> in voiceover yes. seems to be quite longer than the list of fixes. <sighs> um, so, you know, this goes back to my previous argument, which is, you may want to wait till these bugs are fixed before you upgrade your Mac right now, because if these are things and features that you uh, you take advantage of on a daily basis, you may uh, you may want to hold off and we'll you may become unstuck. Yeah. Always keep an eye on AppleViz.com exactly. for all the latest uh, bug lists and that they do a great job. They do. <laughs> so I don't know about you. I'm gonna I, I think I'm gonna leave the show and maybe sign up for the four dollar ninety nine cent version on Netflix and see what kind of ads I get and how many I get. When's it actually available? Is it yeah, available it's available now? November 1st, I believe it is. November 1st in November Canada. November 1st, let's get ready. So, I'm uh, going to check how much I'm paying for Netflix for one thing. Don't do that. No You're gonna, probably going to lose your mind when you find out how much you pay for Netflix and Amazon <laughs> and Disney Plus and uh, what else? Paramount Plus. And, Paramount uh, Plus, um, yes. Uh, thankfully, here in Canada, we have the opportunity to still you know, uh, subscribe to services like Crave or Alt TV, which is based on our carriers. So they bundle right. a lot of that stuff into it. So I don't need Paramount. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, Come but, back cable, all is forgiven. Yeah, it's amazing how it works now. They're, hey, listen, they all try to find a way to survive, <laughs> and this seems to be the uh, the way that they're going to do it. So, you know, kudos yeah. to them. Okay. That's it. That's all the time. Suddenly, <sighs> we've talked about well three done. things, and the show's done. I'm very right. impressed. We go so quickly. Where Thank does you. where does time fly, Sean Priest? Uh, what is you you mentioned uh, you mentioned smart plugs on the next Sean of the Shed? Is that the next Sean of the Shed we're going to be seeing uh, next month? I think it is. Yes, because someone asked me about smart homes, and I think smart plugs is the easiest way, the first step into smartifying. Is that a word? It is now. I will use that in the uh, Sean of the Shed podcast. Smartifying your home. So I'm going to go through just setting up something nice and simple, setting up your first smart plug. Love it. Look for that, of course, on the podcast platforms if you're choosing an AMI exclusive audio podcast Ooh. and now in video on YouTube. Sean, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for sitting in for Steven. We will catch you, of course, you know, Double Tap Daily on Monday, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week here on the weekend edition of Double Tap. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping on Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.